The word says we're called to make disciples. We're growing in the word of God. Jesus Christ was sent to be our saviour. This is the Bromley Town Church Podcast. We pray God speaks to you through this message, blessing you as you live out God's word. Stream or download other sermon podcasts via the Bromley Town Church website or by using the SoundCloud app. Head over to BromleyTownChurch.com. Good morning, good morning. Welcome to Bromley Town Church. It's great to have you come and join us again. And I hope you've had a good week and that you are blessed where you are. We're carrying on today with our series about Peter, his life and his legacy. And today we're going to be looking a little bit more about his legacy. In this series so far, we have seen a good portion of Peter's life. We've seen the way his life was impacted from that first encounter with Jesus, with his brother Andrew, right the way through to him actually seeing Jesus and then going on to establish churches and see people being saved on the day of Pentecost and all of that sort of thing that's happened. We've seen those things. Peter, this once young fisherman, is now a senior fisher of men. That change that Jesus spoke about has actually happened. He has been with Jesus. He has walked with him. He's had meals with him. He's laughed with him. He's been wondering at him and he has been rebuked by him. He's, all of those things have happened. He has seen Jesus crucified. He actually saw that happening. He's seen him being laid in a tomb and he has met the risen Jesus. After he had risen again, he met with him. And Peter's life is now spent serving the purposes of God here upon the earth, living with an expectation that that Jesus that he had met and been with was coming back to take him and to take all of his followers to be with him in heaven. That's what he's waiting for. And today we're going to be looking at some of the legacy that Peter has left us in the teaching that he has given, that teaching that's been shaped by all of this experience of life that he's had. Last week, Yomi was talking about Peter and he mentioned about the day of Pentecost and he was talking about Peter preaching at Cornelius' house. But he also mentioned about the rebuke that Peter got from Paul. And this is mentioned in the scriptures and it talks about Paul rebuking Peter because Peter, when he had, he was eating with Gentile Christians, but when Jewish believers came, then he would separate himself again away from the Gentiles and eat with the Jews. And so Paul spoke to him about that. And that actually happened in Antioch. And I think it's important for us to see the role that Antioch as a city had to play at this latter part of uh, Peter's life. So we're just going to have a, well, let me just read this to you, first of all. Antioch became a sort of a new church base, as it were, following the persecution that arose after Stephen was killed. Acts 11, verses 19 to 21 say this. Meanwhile, the believers who had been scattered during the persecution after Stephen's death travelled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus and Antioch of Syria. They preached the word of God, but only to Jews. However, some of the believers who went to Antioch from Cyprus and Cyrene began preaching to the Gentiles about the Lord Jesus. The power of the Lord was with them and a large number of these Gentiles believed and turned to the Lord. And that happened in Antioch where Peter spent a lot of his time going to these churches, establishing churches, reaching new people with the gospel and encouraging people and and building them up. But today we're going to look at his first letter, the first letter of Peter. 
And actually, this first letter was written from Rome. Towards the end of Peter's life, um, he travelled there. And in actual fact, it is believed that he actually died in Rome. And it's from Rome that he writes this letter. Um, in the letter itself, it talks of Rome, but it uses the phrase Babylon rather than Rome. I guess that's how he felt about this modern uh, capital city. Uh, but that's uh, where Peter was writing from. And so I want to look at three things from this letter today. And they're under these headings. First of all, one new people, suffering and submission and keep your position. So first of all, one new people. You know, that time that we heard about last week when Peter went and preached at Cornelius' house had a major impact upon him. Not only upon him, but of course about the future of the gospel. Because there, Peter, a Jew, who until that point had kept himself closely knit with the Jewish believers and the Jewish society, he had now gone into the house of a Gentile and he was preaching the good news in a Gentile's house and the Holy Spirit came upon those who were listening to him and they were baptised just as the believers had been on the day of Pentecost. There was this outpouring of the Holy Spirit and everybody knew God had moved. That had such an impact upon Peter's life. And from that moment on, he realised that there was not to be this separation of Jew and Gentile, but now there was to be a new group of people, those who believe in Jesus Christ and who follow him, who walk by the power of the Holy Spirit. Those people were the ones who'd all come together and now there was this new group. So this idea of separation that there had been beforehand has now come to an end. For Peter, now the whole group of believers were to be called this new body. And in actual fact, it is in Antioch, we read in the scriptures, that people are first called Christians. Those who follow Jesus were first called Christians in Antioch. Peter writes in his letter, 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 to 5. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. By his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled and unfading, reserved in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power for the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. This is the message that Peter was proclaiming that now in Jesus All of us belong to one body. We are called Christians. We are children of the living God. And if you have received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour, and if you are finding your forgiveness of your sins through the work that he did on the cross, and you're experiencing the new life that his Holy Spirit can give to you, then you are a Christian and you're part of this new body of worldwide believers that Peter was talking about. Now, of course, when I say that, there is both great encouragement from the point of view that we feel like, wow, we're connected right across the whole world. There's a oneness in that. And yet also there's a confusion that comes with that statement because we realise that some people call themselves Christians and yet they don't seem to live the way that Jesus taught. And Peter reminds his readers that there is a standard that we need to keep. 1 Peter chapter 1, 14 to 16. He says this, so you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then 
But now you must be holy in everything you do, just as God who chose you is holy. For the scriptures say, you must be holy because I am holy. And Peter is declaring to his readers, listen, now that you've become part of this family, this worldwide family, this one body of Christians, look, we need to be behaving in the same way. We're coming under the authority of Jesus Christ. And we're supposed to be holy and living in the way that he wants us to live. Further on in that first chapter, verses 18 and 19, Peter says, For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life you inherited from your forefathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or spot. And he goes on to say, because of that, and he says in verse 22, since you have purified your souls by obedience to the truth so that you have a genuine love for your brothers, love one another deeply from a pure heart, And in chapter 2, he goes on to say, Rid yourselves, therefore, of all malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy and slander. Like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation, now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. Peter no longer is looking at Jew or Gentile. He's now declaring there is one body, which is the body of Christ, Christians around the world. But those Christians are to be marked out as followers of Jesus Christ. And that means that you need to live a holy life and you need to live according to the ways that Jesus has left for us to live by. And Peter would have known that because he'd been with Jesus and experienced living out that life that Jesus spoke of. We are one new people. But then Peter goes on to talk about suffering and submission. Peter's message expresses the fact that we are going to experience suffering in many and different ways. Persecution for our beliefs, as well as the injustice that we may receive when we're being treated badly or unfairly. But his message to his readers is not like, oh no, I'm sorry, and lots of comforting phrases coming across. No, his message is rather one of encourage them to remain focused and to remain steadfast and to press on despite the trials and difficulties that they are facing. In fact, Peter seeks to show that those trials and hardships can actually have a way of refining us so that our faith can be strengthened, and that faith, as it's strengthened, can increase in the glory of God. Let me read 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 6 to 7. Though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials, these have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory and honour when Jesus Christ is revealed. Who likes trials and hardships? Well, the answer is none of us. None of us want to go through those sorts of difficulties. But you know what? When we look back in life, having been through trials and hardship, having gone through a time of testing or difficulty, then we can often look back at our lives and we can see that although we didn't like it, that whole experience has helped us to grow, not only in the knowledge of ourselves and our own lives, but it's also helped us to grow and learn lessons of faith in God and of trusting God and of walking with God. So we can see that actually 
they have an effect upon our lives which can produce a positive effect in us. And in effect, that's what Peter wants to say to his readers. Look, I can't take the trials away from you, but you need to realise that trials come so that actually you can be changed by them. You can be refined by them. And there's a real refining effect that they can have. But you know what? Peter doesn't just talk about the fact that the trials that come can be in the form of a persecution of faith. He goes on to talk to his readers about real-life situations, about the injustice that they may be uh, undergoing, about the unfairness that they may be experiencing, particularly from those who are in authority over them. And to that situation, Peter again gives a very clear message. And his message is this, submit to the authorities that are over you. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 13 to 15, he says, Submit yourselves to, for the Lord's sake to every human authority, whether to the emperor as the supreme authority or to governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and commend those who do right. For it is God's will that by doing good, you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish people. And Peter points out that even though we may be receiving unjust treatment from those in authority over us, we've got to bear up under it. And he gives us the example of Jesus as saying, listen, Jesus suffered and we may have to suffer too, but let's use his example in the midst of our suffering. I go on to read uh, chapter 2, verses 20 to 23, where Peter says, of course, you get no credit for being patient if you are beaten for doing wrong. But if you suffer for doing good and patiently endure it, God is pleased with you. For God called you to do good, even if it means suffering, just as Christ suffered for you. He is your example, and you must follow in his steps. He never sinned, nor ever deceived anyone. He did not retaliate when he was insulted, nor threaten revenge when he suffered. He left his case in the hands of God, who always judges fairly. Now, Peter was being quite controversial to the people, because even these days when we say these things, listen, subject yourself to the authorities around it. The first reaction is often, hey, hang on, you don't understand what I'm going through. You don't understand how nasty my boss is at work. You don't understand how they're treating me. And you're right, I don't understand. But we're not talking about me, we're looking at what Peter was saying. And Peter was saying, listen, is it hard? Is it tough? Are you going through trials and difficulties? Listen, I want you to submit to those authorities. Because there's something about your submission that actually speaks into their lives. And as I say, he was being controversial because he was speaking to a people who basically resented the whole idea of the Roman rule that was over them. He was speaking to people who were actually slaves and had masters over them and who were having to endure harsh treatment. He was also speaking into the home life because in those days, the man of the house, the husband, was the ruler of the home. And he would be ruling over his wife, he would be ruling over his children, he would be ruling over his slaves, he would be setting the tone and direction. And Peter was speaking to some of the women. And in this situation, they had got saved and they had become Christians, but not necessarily their husbands had done the same. And so therefore their husbands are saying, this is what we're going to be doing, this is the way we want to live. And they were trying to live their Christian life in the midst of that experience. 
What was Peter's advice to everybody? Submit. Submit to those who are in authority over you. Peter, in 1 Peter 3, verses, verse 9, and then verses 13 to 17, he writes this. Don't repay evil for evil. Don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. Instead, pay them back with a blessing. That is what God called you to do, and he will grant you this blessing. Let me just stop at that point. Take this scripture into the office situation. Take this scripture into the argument with your next door neighbour. Take this scripture into the arguments within your own home. He is saying to us, don't retaliate with insults. Don't start to get annoyed and angry at people. Pay them back with blessing. There's a sense here where we want to submit to the authorities around us. Going on with verse 13. Now who will want to harm you if you're eager to do good. But even if you suffer for doing what is right, God will reward you for it. So don't worry or be afraid of their threats. Instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. And if someone asks you about the hope, your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. But do this in a gentle and respectful way. Keep your conscience clear. Then if people speak against you, They will be ashamed when they see what a good life you live because you belong to Christ. Remember, it is better to suffer for doing good if that is what God wants than to suffer for doing wrong. Peter is saying there is something about a quiet, submissive spirit that changes the situation. Quiet though you might be, but there's some sort of noise that comes from your life because of it that has a tendency to speak to those around you. What about you? Do you have a quiet and submissive attitude or are you always fighting and arguing back? I don't want to reflect too long about my own experience of that, but I do want to encourage us all to hear what Peter is saying. And he's saying, consider the attitude of Jesus. He did not retaliate when he was insulted, nor threaten revenge when he suffered. He left his case in the hands of God, who always judges fairly. Peter was talking about one new people. Peter was talking about suffering and submission. And finally, he was talking about keeping your position. 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 5 to 8. He says this, All of you, dress yourselves in humility as you relate to one another. For God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God, and at the right time, he will lift you up in honour. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. Stay alert, watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Peter, encourages us as believers to hold our position. What is that position? It is that we must stay humble, stay in a place of humility before God. In fact, Peter doesn't just say stay in that place, he says dress yourself. It's like when you go out in the morning, the one thing you need to put on is humility. Forget your pride, your arrogance, 
Forget your positions, forget your status, forget what people think of you or even what you're struggling to achieve. Maintain a simple position of humility before God and towards one another. And you know what? We need to remember this. God actually opposes pride. It says he opposes the proud. But if we humble ourselves under his mighty power, then at the right time, He will honour us. He will raise us up. And that's what we need to do. Our position is that of staying humble. Our position also is standing firm. Staying humble and standing firm. Standing firm because he says, stay alert, watch out for your great enemy, the devil. Stand firm against him. Stand strong in your faith. We don't only need to keep that position of, of humility before God. We also need to learn how to resist the enemy and to keep him away. So Peter says, stay alert. Your enemy is always prowling around, but our task is to resist him and to remain steadfast and strong in our faith. So finally, just as we come to the end of this, what are we learning from Peter? What is the legacy that he is giving to us? His legacy is for us to remember that we belong to one whole body of believers. We are one new people of God. We are Christians And we need to live in the ways of God. And he says that we need to understand that we are going to face suffering, hardships, trials in our life. But not to be put off by that, but to understand that those things can refine us. They can change us. They can teach us new things. But also that we need to learn to submit to those in authority. And to do that with a quiet spirit, remembering the example of Jesus Christ. Because you know what? If we suffer for doing good and we patiently endure it, we need to know this. God is pleased with us. And finally, we need to clothe ourselves with that humility. We remember to take that position of humility before God and before others, but also to stand firm against the enemy and to maintain our ground, walking with God in everything we do. These are some of the things that have come out of Peter's life. And you know what? When you read that first letter, it's so full. It's almost difficult to stop and find the different things because Peter is pouring out stuff to his readers. I guess it's because it is at the end of his life and he's wanting to encourage us. He's wanting to leave this legacy with us that we may grow strong in our faith and we may walk with God. So I want to encourage you this week. Take time, reflect back on that first letter of Peter. Think on these things and ask God, God, help us. Help us to walk in humility. Help us to submit to authority. Help us to walk with you that we may know your goodness in all that we do. May God bless you and help you during this week. See you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this message from Bromley Town Church. You are always welcome to visit us on a Sunday morning or join us again for more messages here online. You can also stay connected with us at www.bromleytownchurch.com